Blog Talk Radio.
I am Jehovah, the mighty God. on Sunday. I'm Pastor Sabrina, and you're still you. Whether you're in the Eastern time zone or some other time zone, we welcome you in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen? Amen. God has a word for us today that in some ways was kind of funny, but in other ways it was quite convicting. And I'm hoping that you will enjoy it as much as I have. Amen? Amen? God wants us to enjoy our lives. No matter what's going on in the world, God wants us to enjoy the life that he gave us. He said he came to give us life and that more abundantly. He wants us to enjoy the good things of life. There are things that are very, very good, and he's given them to all of us to enjoy to richly enjoy. Amen? Amen? So we need to remember that. You can't always keep your eye on what's going on in Israel. They've been having that feud for longer than all of us are old put together. And they're going to keep feuding. If it isn't on this, it's going to be on something else. Okay? That's them. That's their argument, their fuss, and their fight. And we're going to let them work it out, aren't we? Because we know God is God, and that's the bottom line. He put his name in Jerusalem, and he is the Prince of Peace. So they're going to have to come to terms with him. Amen? Amen. Amen. So we're not going to be all upset, and we're not marching up and down the streets, hollering and screaming and threatening people and acting out of order. Okay? We'll put it that way. Expressing support is one thing. Out of order is something else. Amen? Amen? Amen. So. We're not going to get all in that. We're going to let God handle that. Because after all, every one of them he made. Amen? And they all have to answer to him. So we're going to let him handle it. And we're going to live in peace and enjoy the blessings of the Lord. Yes. Richly to enjoy. Amen. Ah. Here it is. It's in 1 Timothy 6.17. Charge them that are rich in this world, that they be not high-minded nor trust in uncertain riches, but in the living God who giveth us richly all things to enjoy. Amen? Amen. When did I learn that scripture? When I was in about the fifth grade. Amen? Amen. So I hope you will add it to your scriptural vocabulary and let God bless you with his word. Amen. Now, I want to welcome all of our first-time listeners. We are a Christian, Protestant, non-denominational, international church based and founded in the love of God that's found in Christ Jesus our Lord. And we want to thank him for this. We have a uniqueness in the body of Christ in many different ways. And God has so blessed us. We're different, 
but it's a good difference. Amen? Amen. Amen. It wasn't according to some person's idea. It was according to what was in the heart of God. So we invite you in Jesus' name. And we encourage you, if you have received Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, to participate with us in celebrating the body and blood of Jesus Christ, his death, burial, and resurrection. We do this at the beginning of every service. Uh, For those of you who are wondering, we have a local church assembly and an Internet church. And every Sunday, the Internet church joins in with the local church for the local church's regular weekly Sunday service. Amen? So now you know. And we encourage you because we're getting ready to repent of our sins. And since none of us is short in that category, everyone should be able to join in, right? Amen. Praise God. You know, we have all heard messages and sermons preached here from this pulpit that we are yet to apply properly to our own lives and make changes in our lives due to the word of God coming forth. Amen? So that's one of the things we're going to repent of today. Amen? All of those messages that God has given us that we have heard that we haven't done a thing with. Every time he's tried to nudge us forward and we wouldn't budge. We're going to repent of those things because God has called us to change. Amen? So we're going to do something about it. We're not going to sit on stuck. That's not the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning us. We're going to get off of stuck, and we're going to move forward. Even pastor has been moving forward all week long, even including today. As you walk with the Lord, attitudes, mindsets, beliefs must change. If you're going to walk with Jesus, change is imperative. Amen? Amen. We're not just like him just yet. So it's the just yet that we're working on. Amen? And this is continual. This continues until the Holy Spirit takes you out of the earth realm. So it doesn't ever stop. There is no vacation where you don't work on it. There is no time where... There are no trials and there are not any tests nor temptations so that you can demonstrate your mastery in that area. Amen? And if perchance you still didn't get there, you have another opportunity. God is merciful. Amen? He will help you to overcome. He will help you to overcome character flaws. Lies and unbelief and doubt and fear and foolishness. He's very, very merciful and extremely long-suffering and forbearing. So let us walk in the love of God and let us grow up and change from our own personal wicked ways. Amen? Because everybody's got them, and everybody needs to get rid of them. Amen? Amen. Praise God. I'm glad we agree on that. So let's begin. 
Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus Christ, we want to thank you for your great mercy toward us. Yes, we are but dust, but we're your dust, and that's the difference. We're your dust, and we are seeking to please our Heavenly Father and the Lord Jesus Christ and God the Holy Spirit. We know that we fall short in many, many ways. We still have some real not-so-pleasant attitudes that we are bringing before you right now. We're going to be truthful, God. We're going to acknowledge that we have them. We're going to acknowledge that, yes, we should have done something about it by now. But no, we didn't. We started out, we made three steps, and then we didn't go any further. So we're repenting of the not going any further part. That's our fault. We're not going to blame it on the devil. We're going to accept responsibility for what we have or have not done. And we're asking for your mercy and your forgiveness. We're asking you to help us go to step number four. Amen? Sometimes, Lord, our problem is we just don't want to do it. That's just the truth of it. We're not going to come before you and tell a lie. We're just going to tell it like it is. Sometimes we really don't want to do it. And we're wrong for that. And we know we're wrong, but we don't want to do anything about the fact that we know we're wrong. So we confess that before you as well. Sometimes we haven't figured out a way to get it done. Instead of coming to you, asking you to guide us through, we figure we have to figure out a way to get it done. We're wrong for that too. So, Lord, we have many areas where we have fallen short of the glory of God and sin. And we present every single one of them to you right now. But the worst one is not loving you with all of our heart, all of our soul, all of our mind, all of our spirit, and all of our strength. Lord, forgive us, each one. We're guilty. The devil can't make us do it. We just haven't done what we ought to do. So in your great patience and love for us, Lord, we ask you to help us to get it together. Because we can't walk with you unless we agree with you. So, Lord, help us to come into agreement with you. Help us to grow in faith so that we trust you no matter what the circumstances may appear to be. Help us to acknowledge that you really are God and that you can handle everything. You know, we say that, but then we don't live that. So we ask you, Lord, to strengthen us. Strengthen us in our inner man and cause us to become, through the power of the Holy Spirit, that Christian, true Christian, true believer, true lover of God, that you have always called us to be because you are calling us to worship you in spirit and in truth. We're working on it, Lord. We're working on it. Thank you for helping. Now I'm going to give you a few minutes to say to the Lord what you ought to say to the Lord. You may begin.
The cup of blessing, which we bless, is it not the communion of the blood of Christ? The bread, which we break, is it not the communion of the body of Christ? For we being many are one bread and one body, for we are all partakers of that one bread. For I have received of the Lord that which also I delivered unto you, that the Lord Jesus, the same night in which he was betrayed, took bread. And when he had given thanks, thank you, Lord, he broke it and said, Take, eat, this is my body, which is broken for you. This do in remembrance of me. Partake of the bread. After the same manner, also, he took the cup. When he had supped, saying, This cup is the New Testament in my blood. This do ye, as often as you drink it, in remembrance of me. Thank you, Lord. Partake of the cup. For as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, You do show and proclaim the Lord's death till he come. Wherefore, whosoever shall eat this bread and drink this cup of the Lord unworthily shall be guilty of the body and blood of the Lord. But let a man examine himself, and so let him eat of that bread and drink of that cup. For he that eateth and drinketh unworthily eateth and drinketh damnation to himself, not discerning the Lord's body. For this cause, many are weak and sickly among you, and many sleep. For if we would judge ourselves, we should not be judged. But when we are judged, we are chastened of the Lord, that we should not be condemned with the world. Hallelujah for not being condemned with the world. Amen. I'll forever be grateful for that. Amen. Amen. Heavenly Father, someone once said that when we pour our drink, we fill one glass at a time. In our daily affairs, Father, we must learn to fill each minute at a time. Otherwise, some minutes will overflow while others remain empty. Father, we thank you that you are never too busy for us. The truth is that you are our refuge and strength. You are our very present help in times of busyness and trouble. Your Son, our Lord and Savior, reminds us to come to him when we labor and feel overburdened because he will give us rest. 
We thank you, Father, that his yoke is easy and his burden is light. Lord, help us to keep our minds focused on you at all times because this is the answer that you have given to us to live in peace. We seek your guidance, Lord God, to help us to arrange our priorities properly. Guide us and help us to think righteous thoughts as we allow the mind of Christ to have its rightful authority in our lives. Guide us and help us to think righteous thoughts as we allow the mind of Christ to have its rightful authority in our lives. We trust you, Father, because you are our God and our deliverer. We will not allow our heart to be troubled or afraid. This is possible only because Jesus has given to us his peace. Thank you, Father. We praise you, Lord, that you have ordained peace for us for all that we are and have comes from you. So during this time of busyness in our lives, we will not worry. Instead, we will let all of our requests be made known unto you through prayer and thanksgiving instead of going to our neighbor to complain about our lives. Lord, we each need to learn that you are here for us and you have given us a pastor after your own heart. That's enough. Our neighbor has their own issues of life. We should not fail you by not living in prudence and discretion. Nor should we assume that pastor is too busy to hear our concerns. In this matter, we have sinned. We are not called to presumption. Even as we pray, Lord, you are giving us your great peace, a peace that goes far beyond all understanding. Thank you for keeping our hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. We love your word, Father, and this brings great peace to our soul. Because of your word, we know that nothing shall be able to offend us during this season of busyness. Lord, we will approach all of our responsibilities from a spiritual perspective rather than a carnal mind. We know that to be spiritually minded is life and peace. Thank you, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. So, saints, I hope that you're partially awake now and that you're ready to enter into the word of the Lord. And I know some of you will be happy that this sermon doesn't have quite as many scripture references as some of the more recent ones. But you see, 
you have the opportunity to be like an accordion. When there are fewer scriptures, you come in. When there are more scriptures, you expand. And when you come in and expand out, you make music to the Lord. Amen? Amen. Brother Bill thinks that's funny. Amen. That's right. You know, you have those little accordions, and they come out, and they go in, and they come out. And every time they do, they make music. Well, that's the way it is when pastor gives scriptures. Sometimes you get a lot, and sometimes you get fewer. But anyway, you're making music to the Lord. So the name of this sermon is Ephesians 3.20. Ephesians 3.20. Amen. Praise the Lord. That shouldn't be hard. Now, if you will join me at Ephesians chapter 3, verse 20. Ephesians chapter 3, verse 20. Well, Pastor, where did you get that sermon title? Right off the top of my head. Amen. Amen. That's where I got it from, (laughs) right out of the Bible. (laughs) Amen. Ephesians chapter 3, verse 20. Ephesians chapter 3, verse 20. Now unto him that is able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we ask or think according to the power that worketh in us. Now unto him that is able to do. That's important. He is able to do. He is able to do. You know, you ought to preach yourself this sermon just before you brush your teeth in the morning. He is able to do. And as you're brushing your teeth, you need to convince yourself that he is able to do. Amen? You now know enough scriptures to do that. Amen? Preach to yourself. Amen? Have a good talk yourself, whether it's before you go to bed at night or earlier when you get up in the morning. Just as you're getting the toothpaste on the toothbrush, tell yourself, he is able to do it. He is able to do it. Do what? Exceeding abundantly above all that we ask or think. God is not lacking in ability. God is not lacking in ability at all. He makes birds that chirp and birds that squawk. He's not lacking in ability. He has never lacked in ability. Anyone who wipes out the entire population of the world, minus three, eight people and some animals in pairs, and then starts the cycle all over again, is not lacking in ability. And now the world is flooded with people. Literally. (laughs) 
There's a new flood, flood of people. He's not lacking in ability. So, in this encouraging verse, three strong power words are grouped together in one intense statement. Exceeding abundantly above. Really? Really. Exceeding means to go far beyond customary bounds. In scripture, it means to act extraordinarily, to far surpass what could be expected, extremely outstanding. That's our God. Abundantly means more than generously, lavishly, profusely, exuberantly plentiful, a quantity so beyond the norm as to be considered more than what one would expect or anticipate, over-sufficient. God says that he will abundantly bless us and provide in plentifulness all of the good things in life, a profusion or of supply or resources. God cannot lie. Do we remember that about him? All right. Above means in excess of what is expected, superior to or better than average surpassing all limitations to transcend an implied limit, measure, or degree. It implies going beyond a limit set by custom or by prior achievement. So you see, the world existed. It had so many, so many people. There are animals and plants of every description because they came out of the mind, heart, and imagination of God. And God wiped it all out. You see, when you're God, you have that right, privilege, and ability. He wiped it all away. And he chose eight people. He chose to tell them to make a vessel, to build a vessel, to tell you the truth, to look at it, you couldn't figure out how it would ever flow. But it did. It was huge. You'd look at that and say, that thing can't float anywhere. But it did. And then fill it with smelly animals. Every kind. With smelly people, too. And they all had to live in it together for over 40 days and get along, okay? It took them a long time to get it together. But Noah believed God and he obeyed it. And then after it was all over, God started all over again. Amen. He's a great God, you have to admit it. You know you couldn't do it. Amen. You wouldn't know where to begin or where to end. So consider these definitions for a moment. Then, 
Envision what God could do in your life. Think about what? Exceeding abundantly above means. Think about it. Then, envision what God could do in your life. Think about it. I've given you the definition. Now, what can God do in your life? What answers he could send to your prayer? Now, increase that expectation beyond what you even think is possible. You got to go to the next level, saying. You know, this is miracle outreach ministry. Come on. You got to step to it. No coffee won't get you there. You're going to have to have faith. Amen? Amen. Amen. Now, increase that expectation beyond what you even think is possible. Then let your faith rest there. On the exceptional, the extraordinary, the supernatural, realizing this promise is dependent on the power that works in you. I know you didn't want any responsibility in this, but you know better, don't you? (laughs) Yes, it's dependent on the power that works in you. What power? God gave you power. Okay, you're pretending you don't remember that scripture. Well, let me help you. Because you do know that scripture. I know that you do. Amen? Amen. And the scripture says, as soon as I get to it, amen. There we go. That's the right one. For God has not given us the spirit of fear, but of power. So what do you mean, what power? He gave it to you. So you've got it. You might want to be in denial, but that won't work. He gave it to you. The devil and the demons know that you have it. You've been informed that you have it. And now God expects you to use it. Amen. Praise God. So what power? The power of our hope. The power of faith. The power of speaking forth the word. The power of tenaciously holding on. The power of thanksgiving and praise. The power of expecting God to be God. I'm going to share the testimony of a fellow minister in Christ with you today. But there are a few things I have to tell you first. Amen. There's just a few things I have to tell you. First, I must tell you that this fellow minister in Christ didn't come to these events that are going to be foretold to you today filled with faith. 
He just didn't. You know, you are where you are, wherever that happens to be. He was in doubt and in some unbelief. So I guess you can relate there. Soon after he came to Christ, and I'm not going to put his business in the street this way. We'll call him Paul. We'll call him Paul, okay? Yes, he is alive today. He has not passed away. He is on the earth walking around. He has a wife and children and some other things. Amen? We'll call him Paul. Paul was consumed with a passion to win his entire family to Christ. It consumed him. Paul expressed his desire very, very, very vocally with his loved one. Now, let me pause here. For all of you who are still too scared to witness to your family members, repentance is available. Have you tried it yet? You see, greater is he who is in you than he who is in the world. Have you allowed God to prepare you to open your mouth in boldness and sincerity and love and witness to those that are closest to your heart? Or are you just too scared? God has not given us the spirit of fear, but of love, power, and of love, and of a sound mind. So there you are. You have everything you need. You know what the Lord did for you. You know the power of the blood of Jesus. You know how Jesus came. You know he died on the cross. You know the story. You know he arose from the dead. You know he's made a change in you. All right, it's time to give witness to what he's done. The Bible says, let the redeemed of the Lord say so. Amen? Some people are afraid to witness to people that they have never met. Not that the people would be offended. They have no idea. They just have this inordinate fear that they sit there and pet all the time. Some people are afraid to witness to those that they've known their entire lives. Why? Because they're afraid. And they're going to sit there and stroke that fear instead of repent and ask God to help them to overcome it. Some people are afraid of the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. They're actually ashamed. And Jesus says, if you're ashamed of the gospel, he's not going to treat it, treat the situation any differently when you come before him. Because the gospel is the power of God unto salvation. You don't determine if people believe it or not. You just do the presentation. That's your responsibility. And failure to do it means that you have sinned. You have deprived that person of an opportunity to give their lives to Jesus Christ if that was what they needed, or to be encouraged in their faith because you don't want to share. That is the ultimate selfishness. 
Amen? All right. So now that we know that God so loved the world that he gave, we know that you're not going to continue to walk in selfishness. Now, are you? You're going to ask God to make opportunities for you to share the gospel, the truth, the meat of the gospel. The meat of the gospel is not that Jesus can cast out demons. The meat of the gospel is that he gave his life. The Father sent him into the world to save sinners. He gave his life. He died on the cross. He took their sin on his own self. He became sin for us. And when he hung his head and said, it is finished, it was. Now the door was open for everyone to come and say, Lord, forgive me, I have sinned. We have that opportunity, that privilege, and we ought to share that gift with everyone, whether they will hear or whether they will not. Amen? So, back to Paul. Paul expressed his desire very, very vocally with his loved ones. All of his siblings, cousins, aunts, uncles, heard a clear presentation of the gospel from him. They all heard it. Can you say that? Lord, it's getting real quiet in here today. Many of them came to Jesus. Mm. But one of his favorite uncles lived far away in a small rural community in Wisconsin. No, I did not change the name of the state. It's actually Wisconsin. Paul would pray, God, I ask you to send just one born-again believer to Uncle Jack to share the gospel with him. Paul says that his voice would trail off due to the negative thoughts that would echo in his own mind. And this was the thought. There aren't any born-again believers in his area in Wisconsin. But you see, we've taught you to bind every thought. We've taught you to cast down every imagination and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God and bring every thought captive to the obedience of Jesus Christ. Remember, we agreed that God is able to do. All right, let's move on. If that's what he thought. He said, God, I'm asking you to send just one. And then he would think, but there aren't any there. Faith just did not arise within Paul. You know, you can't fake faith. Either you have it or you don't. Finally, Paul decided to take things into his own hands and drive up to visit Uncle Jack from Tennessee. God had been busy. 
However, unknown to Paul, our Heavenly Father had already orchestrated a miraculous answer. About two weeks before Paul's road trip, a buck carrying about 20 believers on their way to a retreat near Uncle Jack's town broke down just a couple of miles away from Uncle Jack's trailer. And that's not all. Now, I need you to envision this book. This was not a Greyhound book, okay? It wasn't a Trailways book. It wasn't nicely, you know, had headphones and all this cute stuff. No, this is your, this is one of these buses that you would have been cautious about getting into because it would look to you like it was too rickety to get you anywhere. It's one of these buses that you wouldn't want anybody that knew you to see you in to begin with. It's one of these buses that you would know these people are either crazy or they or they have a lot of faith because you wouldn't have wanted to be seen in that bus. It's one of those. It, when it's a car like that, we call it a hoopty. So you see the bus now? Okay, you got the point. So, Uncle Jack's son-in-law, Uncle Jack has a son-in-law. His daughter married a man. Okay, we got that straight? All right. Uncle Jack's daughter married a man who's his son-in-law, who is also mechanically inclined and lives next door to Uncle Jack. So Robbie just happened to be the one who stopped to help these people. He didn't know these people. They had this broke-down bus a couple of miles away from where he lived. And he just happened to be going by there. So... It so happened that Robbie just happened to be the one who stopped to help the stranded traveler. Even though the traveling saint had no money for repairs. Amen? They loved Jesus, but they didn't have a cent to their name. Okay. Amen. You get the picture. Robbie is a kind-hearted person, okay? Very nice person. So in compassion for them, he pulled their broken-down bus with a chain. No. There, no, 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 no. You see this, this, this um, wrecker from AAA. Wrong. Scratch that out the picture. That was not there. They had to get his truck and a, and a chain. You get the picture? All right. We got it now. To pull this bus to his yard. Yes, that's the way it went. It took Robbie several days of diligent, sacrificial work 
to bring the bus back to life. Now, have pause here, Mom. If you know anything about mechanical work on a vehicle, not these, you, you know how you do it nowadays, you take your car to the car shop and they hook it onto a computer and the computer tells them what to do about this, that, and the other, and on and on and on. No, this is not that situation. This is where you start at what appears to be the problem, which is connected to another problem, which is connected to what might be another problem, which is connected to something else that really is the problem. It's one of those. So it took Robbie several days of diligent, sacrificial work to bring the bus back to life. So there is resurrection in this story. Amen? So since there was no place for the saints to stay, Uncle Jack, Robbie, and his wife let them all stay in their trailers. Okay? That's right. No Motel 6. So remember, let me stop right here. Now, you have to envision this because Robbie... Robbie and his wife and Uncle Jack, that's two trailers, right? This was about 20 saints. 20 saints, two trailers, you got to feed everybody, somebody got to sleep somewhere, and then there's going to the bathroom and taking showers in the usual. Do we now understand the picture? All right, we're getting a good picture. I want you to, I want you to see it. Smell it, hear it, and understand it. Amen? Think about this. Your trailer is actually big enough for just you and your husband. And now, there's more. Amen. That's right. So, remember Paul's prayer? Even though Paul was in doubt, that's why he had asked God to send one born-again believer, remember? Well, God sent almost two dozen Christians, 18 to be exact. This was lovely, wasn't it? <laughs> they held daily worship sessions while they waited. Now, that's how you know they're real Christians. Amen? They held prayer meetings and Bible studies and shared the gospel with all of them. So you know somebody walked up the road about a mile or so to see somebody else's trailer and invite them to come to church. You don't, you know that, don't you? This out in the country, come on, you know that. That's how it rolls. Am I right, Mom? Okay. Amen. So they held daily worship services while they waited. They shared the gospel with everybody they could share it with. So Paul finally arrived one day in Wisconsin to lead Uncle Jack to the Lord. He finally made it from Tennessee to Wisconsin. That was, that was a long haul. Yeah, it was a long haul. But he made it. Proud of him. He made it. He got there a day and a half 
after all the saints had departed. He didn't know what had happened because he'd been on the road. Wow. What a surprise. What a shock to Paul. Paul said that he had to repent and change because he understood that he had limited the Holy One of Israel in his doubt and unbelief. When they told him what had happened, because you know by now, when they left, Uncle Jack could speak in tongues, and he was laying hands on the chickens. You do, you do know that, don't you? Amen. You do know that, don't you? Well, see, you ain't been around no real Christians if you don't know that. <laughs> Amen? Well, see, Paul understood that he had violated this scripture. He'd done just what the Hebrews did. Let's go to Psalm 78, verse 41. Psalm 78, verse 41. Amen. Psalm 78 and verse 41. Amen. Yea, they turned back and tempted God and limited the Holy One of Israel. Paul realized that he had violated the scripture, that he had gone back on God, tempted God, and limited God by his doubt and unbelief. He asked for one born-again believer. God sent a whole church. See? Saints. Our Lord is God. He created the entire universe and more. He can miraculously and abundantly meet all your needs. Just release the power of faith in him from within. Let me say that again. Our Lord is God. He created the entire universe and more. He can miraculously and abundantly meet all your needs. Just release the power of faith in him from within. You see, Paul had decided he was going to operate on what we have a term of limited faith. He was going to just put it, put his faith out there just, just far enough for one believer. And then in, in the back of his mind, but there aren't any out there. But you see, God had to teach him a lesson. And the lesson is, I am God. Is there anything too difficult for me? You only believe me from one believer, and you didn't know where that one was coming from. 
and I sent an entire church. So I say to you again, miracle, God is able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we ask or think. He would appreciate it if every member of miracle ceases to limit the Holy One of Israel. See, all of that, you know, they think the thing to do, because it's it's a worldwide thing and an American thing, that when situations are just, you know, that's we need to have a march and we need to do this, and, and that's what they do. But let me explain something to you. What changes things is the Holy One of Israel. Everybody in Israel and Palestine is going to have to come to terms with the Holy One of Israel. Amen? He is the one who is able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we can ask or think. So, join me at Psalm 36. Psalm 36, verse 7. Psalm 36, verse 7. Psalm 36, verse 7. Amen. How excellent is thy loving kindness, O God! Therefore the children of men put their trust under the shadow of thy wings. They shall be abundantly satisfied with the fatness of thy house. And thou shalt make them drink of the river of thy pleasure. Amen. We got that now? We're supposed to put our trust in him. And when we do, we shall be abundantly supplied and satisfied. Mark, chapter 9, verse 23. The Gospel of Mark, chapter 9, verse 23. The Gospel of Mark, chapter 9, verse 23. The Gospel of Mark. This is and immediately. Mark chapter 9, verse 23. Jesus said unto him, If thou canst believe, all things are possible to him that believeth. All things are possible to him that believeth. <sighs> Let me help. Let me help. All right, let's see if I can help you get there. Ah, Luke chapter 1, verse 45. Luke chapter 1, verse 45. Luke, you're not far away. Chapter 1, verse 45. Luke chapter 1, verse 45. And blessed is she that believes. 
For there shall be a performance of those things which were told her from the Lord. And blessed is she that believes, for there shall be a performance. God watches over his word to perform it. And blessed is she that believes, for there shall be a performance. Not a human performance, a God performance. For there shall be a performance of those things which were told her from the Lord. You're beginning to get it a little bit. Let's see, Jesus. We'll go a little further. So, John chapter 10, verse 10. You're not far away. John chapter 10, verse 10. The Gospel of John, chapter 10, verse 10. The thief cometh not but for to steal and to kill and to destroy. I am come that they might have life and that they might have it more abundantly. So all the unborn babies need to quote this scripture. The thief cometh not but for to steal, to kill me, and to destroy me. But Jesus came that I might have life and that I might have it more abundantly. Amen? And their grandmamas need to teach them how to say that. Yes, babies make noises in the womb. I hope you know that. Okay, y'all, slow. I'm not going to worry about that, Jesus. You're going to have to teach that to them. Amen? Okay, the last time I did this experiment on a baby, uh, the baby was a member of Miracle. It grew up in its mama's belly. In miracle. It came to church and heard the gospel. It heard about demons being cast out. It heard about Jesus walking on the water because Pastor Pat preached it all. And when the baby came out, I had a conversation with the baby one day. I said baby, and I called him by his biblical name. He was named after one of the books in the Bible. I said to him, I bought you some clothes from Walmart, but they're too big. I said, you want to go to Walmart with me to change the clothes? He said, yes. Two or three months, and that was it. I said, you want to do that? And his mama looked like, he didn't say that, did he? And I'm like, yeah, he did. (laughs) So I waited a good 30 minutes, and I sat behind his head, and I said it again. We're going to test this again because his mama just couldn't believe that he answered me. So I said, Nehemiah, I'm getting ready to go back to Walmart and switch these clothes out. Do you want to come with me? 
He turned his whole neck and head. He smiled a big smile at me, and he said, yes. <laughs> so, what happened? Nehemiah and I got in the car, and we went to Walmart. <laughs> and we changed out the clothes and got the right size. And on our way back from Walmart, we went by Pastor Pat's house. And we went to visit her. And she was on the telephone talking to somebody. But does that matter to us? No. And whoever she was talking to, she said, you ought to see this big, beautiful baby sitting here. I haven't had to hold a baby in a long time. See? That's what happens when you believe God. And yes, three-month-old children do know which clothes they like and which ones they don't. I tried it out myself. Amen? So, so much for what you saw. Amen. So, let's go to 1 Timothy 1.14. How do I know? I held the outfits up. I said, you like this one or you like this one? He let me know which one he liked. So we've been praying over this baby the whole time he was in the in in the park. Can't be ordinary, because by then he's anointed. Come on. <laughs> Amen. 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 First Timothy chapter one verse fourteen. First Timothy chapter one verse fourteen. And the grace of our Lord was exceeding abundant with faith and love, which is in Christ Jesus. And the grace of our Lord was exceeding abundant with faith and love, which is in Christ Jesus. Amen? So this is what you're supposed to have when you go to witness to whomever God's sending you to witness to. Exceeding abundant faith and love, which is in Christ Jesus. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. Now, let's go to 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 8. 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 8. 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 8. And God is able to make all grace abound toward you, that ye, always having all sufficiency in all things, may abound to every good work. This is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning. God is able to make all grace abound toward you, that ye always, it didn't say sometimes, it says always, right? Having all sufficiency, it didn't say partial sufficiency, it says all sufficiency in all things. It didn't say some things, it said all things. May abound, abound, yes, 
abound to every good work. What are you going to do with that scripture? You can't just read it. You've got to do something with it. It's not just ink on a paper. It's God talking to you. You can't just ignore him. You've got to do something, don't you? Amen? God is well able to do this. No, he doesn't have to blink to get it done. He's God. You see, last week, I think that was last week, we talked about the angels, didn't we? And how that angel left from the very presence of God and got all the way down to the cemetery, to the sepulcher, to roll away the stone and sit on it in time for the women to come and look for Jesus, right? We talked about the fact that as he was descending from heaven to earth, a great earthquake took place, that all the air currents and all the atmospheric conditions had to move out of his way. So in order for that to happen, just common sense would tell you that he had to be moving faster than the speed of sound and light. If you were in his way, I would suggest you move. I didn't say stop and think about it. I said move. He came with such velocity that it caused a great earthquake. So when it says that God is able to make all grace abound towards you, he isn't lacking in any power. That was just an angel. See, this is how you know that he had to leave, Jesus had to leave his divine qualities, his divinity, all his power and mightness and grace, all of that, he had to leave that home and come to get in Mary's womb, or Mary would have died on entry. He couldn't bring all of that with him. So when the scripture says that's what he did, he had to do it that way. You understand? The Bible makes sense. If he had to bring all of that, there would have been no Mary. He had to come in human form. So he couldn't bring all his divine majesty and power and glory with him. Amen. Amen. And then he had to come into the body and come subject to Mary, because Mary was not an intellectual, okay? She was just a common peasant girl. Jewish girl taught what Jewish girls are taught, trying to live a little life, have a little husband, raise a little family. Okay, that was Mary. She wasn't some great theologian. She just knew what they taught at the synagogue because that's what she heard her whole life. So you have to realize that God made adaptations, acceptances, and changes in order to come to earth to deal with us to begin with. So when he comes back after 
he was resurrected and walked through a wall, it shouldn't surprise us, but it did. Mm. There's more to Jesus than what you thought. Okay? So, Philippians 4.19. Philippians 4.19. Philippians chapter 4, verse 19. Philippians chapter 4, verse 19. Amen. You know, the Bible says that Jesus, all things were created by him. Everything. Everything. Everything was created by him. We need to think about that sometimes. Philippians 4.19, but my God shall supply all your needs according to his riches in glory by Christ Jesus. So it's time for you to actually believe that scripture. Amen? You said you believe it. Now it's time to actually do it. It's time for a performance. Amen? Amen. Psalm 23, beginning with verse 1. Psalm 23, beginning with verse 1. Psalm 23, beginning with verse 1. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. He leadeth me beside the still waters. He restoreth my soul. He leadeth me in the paths of righteousness for his namesake. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. For thou art with me, thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. Thou preparest a table before me in the presence of mine enemies. Think about that. Thou anointest my head with oil. My cup runneth over. No, it's running out of oil. He didn't have but two drops. No. Overflow. My cup runneth over. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Either you believe it or you don't. Amen? Second for, correction, 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 9. 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 But as it is written... I have not seen, nor ear heard, neither have entered into the heart of man the things which God has prepared for them that love him. I have not seen, nor ear heard, neither have entered into the heart of man the things which God has prepared for them that love him. 
Are you one of them? Are you one of them that love him? You see, Paul thought that, well, there aren't any born-again believers out there where my uncle lives in Wisconsin. So I'll believe him for just one to go witnessing. But you see, that's not exceeding abundantly above. Now, is it? That's not by his riches in glory. There's far more. We underestimate Jesus Christ far too much. And that's not God's fault. That's our own fault. Because the word teaches us the truth. So now, we are going to visit with some people that you have heard about before. They are found in Psalm 78. And we are going to notice and take note of how they handle what we've talked about today. These people are found in Psalm 78. And we're going to begin with verse 1. Give ear, O my people, to my law. You know, we've been talking about the law. Incline your ears to the words of my mouth. I will open my mouth in a parable. I will utter dark sayings of old, which we have heard and known. And our fathers have told us, we will not hide them from their children, showing to the generation to come the praises of the Lord and his strength and his wonderful work that he hath done. For he established a testimony in Jacob and appointed a law in Israel, which he commanded our fathers that they should make them known to their children, that the generation to come might know them, even the children which should be born, who should arise and declare them to their children, that they might set their hope in God and not forget the works of God. So when you go to witness to that one that's going to tell you she believes in abortions, you turn right to verse 6 and and say that the generation to come might know them, even the children which should be born. Verse 7, that they might set their hope in God and not forget the works of God but keep his commandments and might not be as their fathers, a stubborn and rebellious generation a generation that set not their heart aright and whose spirit was not steadfast with God. The children of Ephraim, being armed and carrying bows, turned back in the day of battle. That's not good. They kept not the covenant of God and refused to walk in his law. They forgot his works and his wonders that he had showed them. Marvelous things he did in the sight of their fathers, 
in the land of Egypt, in the field of Zoan. He divided the sea and caused them to pass through. He made the waters to stand as in heat. He did what? Yes. If you've ever seen the movie The Ten Commandments, the one that was uh, directed by Cecil B. DeMille, it's old, I know, I saw it when I was in high school. That's the only movie my mother would allow me to go to the movies to see. And it showed this. It looked so tremendous on that big screen, the water standing as in heat. So if you've never seen it, somewhere on the Internet it's there to be found, watch it. Amen? In the daytime also he led them with a cloud and all the night with a light of fire. He clave the rocks in the wilderness and gave them drink as out of the great depth. He brought streams also out of the rock and caused waters to run down like rivers. And they sinned yet more against him by provoking the Most High in the wilderness. And they tempted God in their hearts by asking meat for their lust. Yes, they spake against God. They said, can God furnish a table in the wilderness? Behold, he smote the rock that the waters gushed out and the streams overflowed. Can he give bread also? Can he provide flesh for his people? Therefore the Lord heard this and was wroth. So a fire was kindled against Jacob, and anger also came up against Israel, because they believed not in God and trusted not in his salvation. Though he had commanded the clouds from above and opened the doors of heaven and rained down manna upon them to eat and had given them of the corn of heaven. Corn in heaven? Surprise, man did eat angels' food. And see that corn in heaven? It's not GMO, okay? Man did eat angels' food. He sent them meat to the full. He caused an east wind to blow in the heaven, and by his power he brought in the south wind. He rained flesh also upon them as dust and feathered fowls like as the sand of the sea. And he let it fall in the midst of their camp round about their habitation. So they did eat and were well filled, for he gave them their own desire. They were not estranged from their lust, but while their meat was yet in their mouths, the wrath of God came upon them and slew the fattest of them, and smote down the chosen men of Israel. For all this they sinned still, and believed not for his wondrous work. Therefore their days did he consume in vanity, and their years in trouble. When he slew them, then they sought him, and they returned and inquired early after God. And they remembered that God was their rock and the high God their redeemer. Nevertheless, they did flatter him with their mouth 
and they lied unto him with their tongue. Repeat after me. Nevertheless, they did flatter him with their mouth, and they lied unto him with their tongue. For their heart was not right with him, neither were they steadfast in his covenant. But he, being full of compassion, forgave their iniquity and destroyed them not. Yes, many a time turned he his anger away and did not stir up all his wrath. For he remembered that they were but flesh, a wind that passes away and cometh not again. How often did they provoke him in the wilderness and grieve him in the desert? Yea, they turned back and tempted and limited the Holy One of Israel. They remembered not his hand, nor the day when he delivered them from the enemy, how he had wrought his signs in Egypt and his wonders in the field of Zoan, and had turned their rivers into blood and their floods that they could not drink. He sent diverse sorts of flies among them, which devoured them, and frogs, which destroyed them. He gave also their increase unto the caterpillars, and their labor unto the locusts. He destroyed their vines with hail and their sycamore trees with frost. He gave up their cattle also to the hail and their flocks to hot thunderbolts. They used to tell us when we were little, if you're going to be ugly, one day you'll be walking down the street and God will pull back the curtain of heaven and his hot thunderbolts will come get you. So we straightened up, at least for a while. He cast among them the fierceness of his anger, wrath, and indignation, and trouble by sending what? Evil angels among them. We know about them now, don't we? He made a way to his anger. He spared not their soul from death, but gave their life over to the pestilence and smote all the firstborn in Egypt, the chief of their strength in the tabernacles of Ham, but made his own people to go forth like sheep, and he guided them in the wilderness like a flock, and he led them on safely so that they feared not, but the sea overwhelmed their enemies. Yes, Pharaoh's army drowned in the Red Sea. And he brought them to the border of his sanctuary, even to this mountain, which his right hand had purchased. He cast out the heathen also before them and divided them an inheritance by line and made the tribes of Israel to dwell in their tents. Yet they tempted and provoked the Most High God and kept not his testimonies, but turned back and dealt unfaithfully like their fathers. They were turned aside like a deceitful boat, for they provoked him to anger with their high places and moved him to jealousy with their graven images. We just talked about that. When God heard this, he was wroth and greatly abhorred Israel, so that he forsook the tabernacle of Shiloh, the tent where he placed, which he placed among men and delivered his strength into captivity and his glory into the enemy's hand. He gave his people over also unto the sword and was wroth with his inheritance. 
The fire consumed their young men, and their maidens were not given to marriage. Their priests fell by the sword, and their widows made no lamentation. Then the Lord awaked as one out of sleep, like a mighty man that shouted by reason of wine. And he smote their enemies in the hinder parts. He put them to a perpetual reproach. Moreover, he refused the tabernacle of Joseph and chose not the tribe of Ephraim, but chose the tribe of Judah, the Mount Zion, which he loved. And he built his sanctuary like high places, like the earth, which he hath established forever. He chose David also his servant and took him from the sheepfold, from following the, the ewes great with young, he brought him to feed Jacob his people and Israel his inheritance. So he fed them according to the integrity of his heart and guided them by the skillfulness of his hand. Amen. So, miracle, I say to you today, are you like them? Are you? You have to answer this. I can't answer it for you. You have to talk to Jesus. And you have to confess where you are. You have to be truthful. Amen? So, you know that you have to get it together, don't you? You got to do better than Paul. And you got to do way better than these folks. They're given to us for us to learn. Don't do what they did. Do what's right. Amen? Don't do what they did. Do what is right. Do what is right because it is right. And do what is right because it pleases the Lord. Amen? Amen. We got that down now? We understand that? So now you have to deal with your own doubt and unbelief. It's like a cancer eating inside of you. Either you're going to deal with it or it's going to deal you a death blow. If you have to choose what you're going to do. Choose you this day whom you will serve, Okay. You're either going to serve your own disobedience and rebellion, or you're going to serve the true and living God. There's no two ways about it. Amen? Amen? Amen. But you have to choose. Pastor can talk. Pastor can preach. Pastor can encourage. You have to choose. Amen. You must choose. Let's see. How did we how did we say this? We said, let me find what we said. I can find it. I got it somewhere. Because I put it somewhere. See, where did I put it? I put it over here. Okay. Hold on a minute. Let me find what we said. Because we haven't been saying things for nothing. We've been saying things for a reason. And so we need to act like we mean what we say. Amen. Let me see if I can find 
Oh, I know where that is, don't I? Hold on. Pastor will find it. Oh, I know what I did, Lord. I took it out of there. Oh. Hmm. Okay. Hold on. I'll I'll pull it up for you in a minute. Amen. Praise God. You see, Jesus doesn't like insincere prayer. Remember, we covered that. It's an abomination. We covered that this week. So we understand that we can't say, oh, Lord, I believe, and you know full well you don't, and have no intentions of it. Amen? We can't do that. You just can't treat him that way. He's been too good to us, hasn't he? You can't promise him, oh, Lord, I'm not going to quit on you. And then you quit and don't go, go back and fix it. Amen? All right. Let's see. What did Pastor do this time? There we go. Here it is. Heavenly Father, I recognize and am willing to submit myself to your authority, order, and your will in my life. I ask your mercy and forgiveness for my rebellion and pride. Holy Spirit, help me to realize when I am in sin. Lord, continue to correct my life. Correct me. You got to mean it. For whom the Lord loveth, he corrected. I choose not to resent it when you chasten and correct me because your punishment is proof of your love for me. You want me to be better, so you correct me in love. Lord Jesus, deliver me from my fears and my unbelief. I realize that you have called me to change, Lord. Increase my faith in you. Help me to unlearn the wrong which I have embraced and to learn your ways. Lord, help me to be truthful with you and myself. Help me to confess confess my fears, my doubts. And we can keep going, can't we? Amen? So we're going to tell Jesus the truth. We're going to to interface with Jesus, and and we're going to tell the truth. We're not going to to tell a fib. We're not going to tell a lie. We're just going to be truthful with the Lord because he loves us more than anyone else, and he wants us to succeed. He wants us to be more like him. He wants us to learn the right way, to embrace his ways and let go of the old ways. Amen? All right. So we're going we're gonna to do some warfare. And while we're doing the warfare, we're going to humble our little hearts, aren't we? Amen. Because that's the way to go. Amen? Father, in the name of Jesus Christ, from our position seated in heavenly places in Christ Jesus, we bind Satan, the strong man, all of his evil angels, evil spirits, demonic agents, all of his underlings, decisions, timings, maneuvers, tactics, devices, plans, orders. We cancel all demonic assignment and satanic agendas against the righteous. We take the territory from Satan in Jesus' name. We bind every form of godliness which denies the power of Jesus Christ. We come into agreement with the Father, Jesus Christ, and the Holy Spirit, and we come out of agreement with Satan, his agents, and their wicked powers. 
We close and seal all portals, channels, open doors of access to the enemy. We pull down all demonic thrones. We bind the wicked principalities, powers, rulers of darkness, and all spiritual wickedness in high places. We release the all-consuming fire of God on every ley line, silver, cord, and garland. We bind the demons and the workers of darkness in the heavenlies, in the bush, and in the deep. We bind rape and murder to its strong man and dethrone them all, chaining them all in eternal chains and darkness, placing them in the custody of the Holy Spirit. We bind the sources of all witchcraft attacks, and we return the attacks onto the heads of the devils that bring them to cling to them for eternity. We bind all trafficking demons, reporters, watchers, peeps, whispers, familiar spirits, electronic, digital, and technology demons in their attacks. We bind Leviathan spirits in their attacks, brainwashing and Kundalini spirits in their attacks, water and marine spirits in their attacks, sex devils in their attacks, unclean spirits in their attacks, passive devils in their attacks, pain-afflicting spirits, sleep deprivation spirits, artificial intelligence, smart dust and drone spirits, and their attacks. Sorcery devils in their attacks, all seducing, womanizing, whoredom spirits in their attacks. All the voices of the stranger in their attacks. All hypnotic and trance devils and their attacks. All targeted radio frequency pulse weapons and their attacks. All microwave attacks, debilitating sonic frequency attacks, and the work of every druid. All electronic, electromagnetic attacks smart technology and particle attacks, techno-paganism, and mind control by the occult. We bind all forced feedback, cyber-stalking, cyber-sex, cyber-sex crimes, pornography, demonic curiosity, bewitching spirits which manipulate modern technology, post-microwave radiation attacks, designed to cause neurological problems, brain injuries, debilitating headaches, vertigo, Binding directed energy microwave weapons, binding all vibrations, which are demons. Thank you, Lord. We bind all mystic rituals and their intent. We bind microwave frequency weapons, 5G and all components. Every weapon coming from any galaxy or outer space, as we term it, from any orbit. Coming from any star, any galaxy, any planet, any station planted on a planet, anything coming from the satellite, through the satellite, against us as a weapon. All the beams that they send against us, we reflect them. We raise the shield of faith, and we send them back from whence they came. We will not have Star Wars aimed against us in Jesus' name. All things coming through the cell towers and through our electronic devices in the name of Jesus Christ. We pull it down in Jesus' name. We overturn and empty all cauldrons and chalices upon the heads of the conjurers and the magicians. We bind every order of magic and mystic arts, Buddhist black magic, Santeria, Kabbalah, Egyptian, Chaldean, Hindu, Indian, African, European, North American, South American, Brazilian, Russian, Chinese, Afghanistan, Arabian, 
Iran, Ukrainian, wherever evil may be found. In Jesus' name, Rude Raka In every cult, in every cabal, cabals of witches, warlocks, wizards, sorcerers, diviners, pagans, obedimen, witch doctors, shamans, globally, and every grouping. Underneath the heading of the Illuminati, we bind you all, we bind all of your agendas, we bind your methodology, we bind your workings, we bind your snake-like activities in the name of Jesus Christ. Ruka, don't forget that Jesus Christ crushed the head of the serpent. We bind all Morgellons attacks and we return every attack to the senders. We bind the culture of corruption worldwide. We bind Caribbean and Latin American black and white magic. We bind all free-flying devils. We bind all evil spirits which take animal forms. We bind all shape-shifting spirits, trapping them in their shifted form for eternity. We bind each demon responsible for the dominion of sin in our culture. We bind hyperactivity, racing mind, inattention, impulsivity, low levels of dopamine. We bind the prince of the power of the air, and we return its powers to Jesus Christ. We bind the power of the dog and every abomination that's been committed. We bind the Lord of the flies and his agents. And we place them under the feet of the Lord Jesus. We bind the Mandela effect. We bind all satanic ritual abuse devils, satanic worship, witchcraft dedications, and all the rituals done on the faces of the moon. We bind all formations of bullflies and demonic insects. We bind all spiders and their webs, trapping them in their own webs. We bind the transference of evil spirits, spirits of infirmity, supplanting the gods of the people of the land, the gods of the groves, and every spirit that exalts science, logic, human reasoning, and demonic knowledge against the knowledge of God and makes man wise in his own eyes. Thank you, Lord. We bind the transference of evil spirits. We bind mammon and his agents. We bind all demons sent forth to intimidate, harass, manipulate, lie against, mark, wear down, infect, destroy, spy, sabotage, hinder, besmirch, block, distract, confuse, pervert, stifle, curse, expose, stop, monitor, track, defile, corrupt, undermine, despise, assassinate, divide, confound, attack, reproach, and reduce the effectiveness of the righteous in Christ Jesus. We bind the shedding of infected, injected persons upon us. We return and loose these attacks to the senders according to the covenant. We bind the bondage of generations of fools and the spirit of the fool in Jesus' name. We bind the fool's anger. We bind the carnal mind, food, lust, addictions, and gluttony. We return to sender. According to the covenant, all and every reprisal, retribution, counterattack, psychic weapon, retaliation, all avenging, all blowbacks, all vengeance, blood rituals, every boomerang, each payback, and all requiting of our righteous warfare in Jesus' name. This includes every evil work, mark, rite, ritual, ceremony, sacrifice, proclamation, pronouncement, vow, root work, or sin against us. Astral projection, sending demons to us to work against us and against all that pertains to us. No demon, no wicked person, or unrighteous event left behind. Binding the inordinate use of conjugal rights, 
returning to sender our witchcraft attacks through channeling and the satellites against the website and the app, binding false flags in Jesus' name. Returning to sender our Cameroonian wizardry, black magic, jujus, hexes, vexes, and such. Returning all tribal witchcraft in Jesus' name. Returning all Chaldean witchcraft, all Spanish witchcraft. Breaking and destroying our social, emotional, and psychological ties with food and drink, which are displeasing to Jesus Christ. Binding superficial religious acts. Binding magic spells for love, money, protection, black magic, white magic, candle magic, hoodoo, root work, lucky charms, high magic, and folk magic spells. Binding the demons of energies, boomeranging their wicked works upon them. Binding all magical language, magic signs, and magical patterns, even in numbering. Binding synchrony. Binding and caging Poseidon and all other underwater demons. Stripping them of their crowns and powers and transferring them to Jesus Christ. Binding all conjurations and summonings of demons. Binding Jewish black magic, mysticism. Magic writings, magic artifacts, binding the essence of magic and Jewish magic practices by practitioners, amulets, bones, precious stones, incantations, divining practices, spells, and potions. We bind all vampire spirits, voodoo, hoodoo, ancient arts, mystic rituals, devils attending, the New World Order, New Age Movement, Great Reset, make make-believe fantasy, fables, enchantments, false religions, numerology, horoscopes, the spirits and works of the oppressor and the spirit and the children of disobedience. Martial arts, yoga, transcendental meditation, antichrist, ideologies and doctrines, Ahab and Jezebelic practices, and spirits, lewdness, perversions, the outworking of vain deceit, death spirits, spirits of destruction, chaos, and mayhem, Oppression, depression, anarchy, premonition, clairvoyance, ESP, telepathy, psychokinesis, out-of-body experiences, reincarnation, haunting, poltergeist, astral travel, psychic healing, demonic meditation, spirit guides, and defilement by wizards. We bind the king of pride and all of his underlings. We send them into the spiritual cage and to the feet of Jesus for judgment. We bind all human, demonic blood, sexual, financial, animal, food, fecal, and soulish sacrifices. We bind all devils attached to idols and idolatry. We bind every form of rebellion, idolatry, root work, mind control, apathy, unyielding, nature worship, deception, idle mind, unfocused mind, scoffing, error, worldly indoctrination, military spirits, rioting abuse, all trolls, all fear, combative jealousy, fleshly ambition, the culture of corruption, weariness, betrayal, unfaithfulness, violence, and temptation to sin. We bind Belial, Beelzebub, Baal, Molech, Basilek, Python, Neptune, Zeus, Apollyon, Kali, all gods and goddesses, Osiris, Isis, On, all false deities, Mammon, Atlas, Baphomet in its 72, chained with eternal chains under darkness and sent to the feet of Jesus for judgment. We undo the works of all demonic weapons, fireballs, poisons, voodoo pins, and all cotton cold spots, Psychic weapons, prompters, codes, triggers, charms, tumors, designs, signals, and we return their afflictions to the worker of witchcraft and their pagan sources. Thank you, Lord. We break the powers of every Masonic ritual, rite, ceremony, vow, pledge, and pact in Jesus' name. We bind the rituals, the brotherhood, the lodge, the craft, the worship, the grip, Freemasonry. We bind the rituals of every secret society and the demons that are attracted in Jesus' name. We want to thank you, Lord. 
We bind every spirit that was familiar to the lay of the sins. We bind the insanity, pride, work of errors, and foolishness of our own opinions. We bind being misled and misleading others. We return and loose all the retaliations of the enemy upon his own head according to the scriptures. We bind all traditions and customs rooted in sin. We denounce and renounce them all and loose ourselves from them. We thank you, Father, that you have given us power over all the power of the enemy, and nothing shall by any means harm us. We rejoice with you that our names are written in heaven. We bind every spirit that denies the deity of the Lord Jesus Christ and his blood atonement on the cross of Calvary. Father, we ask for eyes to see, ears to hear, hearts to believe, and minds to receive. But the Spirit of God says to the church, we repent of an evil heart of unbelief, and we ask you, Father, to teach us to guard our hearts with all diligence. Lord, we've come to loose the bands of wickedness, undo heavy burdens, let the oppressed go free, to break every yoke and chain, and to call for justice and plead for truth. Lord, develop in us a love for the truth. Lead us into truth. Your word is truth. Make us to know the truth, and your truth will make us free. When the enemy comes in like a flood, the Spirit of the Lord shall lift up a standard against him. Lord, we come to celebrate the scriptures with you and to tread on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy. We will not turn back from pursuing the enemy until the Godhead does. The Lord Jesus Christ is our commander-in-chief in whom we serve and obey. Praise the Lord. We command every demon that has followed us, was sent to us, and transferred us to be bound and leave us now in Jesus' name. We bind every devil and every demon coming through the computer, the phone, or through any other electronic device in Jesus' name. Father, we pray for the peace of Jerusalem and Palestine and Israel. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. For kings, for all who are in authority and all true Christians everywhere, especially the January 6th prisoners, and all who were left behind, and all who are persecuted and left behind in Afghanistan or any other place. Though we walk in the midst of trouble, you will revive us. You will stretch forth your hand against the wrath of our enemies, and your right hand shall save us. Father, we cover ourselves in the blood of Jesus. We cover our mode of transportation. We thank you that you remove all obstructions from our path in Jesus' name. We thank you that you've already dispatched your angels ahead of us to protect us. Father, we cover ourselves and all of our property with the blood of Jesus. We take authority over demons of the day and night, bad dreams, night dreams, sex dreams, any curses being released. We send them back in Jesus' name. We command them to stay away. We thank you, Lord, for the wall of fire that surrounds us with your glory in the mist. We thank you for warring, linking angels. We thank you for linking shields. We thank you for the praising angels that come in our midst whenever we come together to praise and worship you. But mostly we thank you, Father, for your abiding presence in Jesus' name. We thank you for the fiery wall of protection around us. We pull out all fiery darts, pins, needles, spears, voodoo, all witchcraft, curses, anything sent to us, and we send it back where it came from in Jesus' name. We destroy ungodly silver cords and ley lines and sever from ourselves all ungodly soul ties, attachments, covenants, agreements, oaths, consents, garlands, vows, pledges, pacts, leagues, and all other forms of agreement with the demonic realm. We tear down and destroy walls of protection around witches, warlocks, wizards, Satanists, nanotechnology, globalists, Satanists, sorcerers, divinators, liars, and such. We break the powers of all the charms, love spells, vexes, hexes, curses, fetishes, 
psychic thoughts and prayers, witchcraft, death, bewitchment, potions, psychic warfare, psychic power, torment, voodoo, all mind control, sickness, destruction, pain, sorcery, magic, and torment, incense and candle burning, incantations, chanting, ungodly blessings, fruit works, crystals, hoodoo, tribal rituals and sin, ungodly blessings, anything sent to us from the demonic realm in Jesus' name. We want to thank you, Lord, for your continued protection in our lives. We want to thank you for your continued protection in our lives. Lord, we lift up to you that couple on vacation that had an accident and it was a head-on collision. We thank you for healing them and restoring them and making their all the legal and insurance procedures. A breeze to them in Jesus' name. We lift up to you the car that was at fault, Father, and the driver in Jesus' name. We thank you for your intervention, Father, in the name of Jesus Christ. We return to the sender spirits of hate, bitterness, murder, envy, jealousy, wizardry, sorcery, blindness, bondage, fear and hatred. We thank you, Lord, that you protect your people and you watch over us affectionately. We lift up, Lord God, John, as he recovers from his second stroke. We ask that you send angels to protect him so that he will not be attacked by wizards that are come to kill him. In Jesus' name, his life is in your hands, and we ask that you lead him to you, Lord Jesus. Father, that you draw him to the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. Now, rise for the benediction. Pastor loves you. I want you to recast this message and think about where you really are in believing the Lord. Not where you wish you were, but where you actually are. Because you can't work from an imaginary spot. You have to begin with Jesus where you are. Amen? Amen. Amen. Now unto him that is able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we ask or think, according to the power that worketh in us, unto him be glory in the church by Christ Jesus throughout all ages, world without end. And the church said, amen. 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 God bless you and continue your walk with Jesus. Amen. 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 That's the way to do it. Continue 